Washington was was obviously the the, the leader at a time when of the founding fathers. I'm of the founding fathers and Jefferson, Hamilton, Madison, and, and uh, the Federalist Papers, the Constitution. What was Washington's personal overarching political philosophy, and, and how did he deal with all these thinkers of freedom and liberty, etc.? Uh, he believed in self-government, um, and he believed in a representative government that was chosen by the people. Now, the electorate in those days was not universal. Um, white males who owned a certain minimum of uh, property were the voters, uh, and you know the property ownership requirements weren't that that high in in Virginia. But so he was dealing with a a different world from what we think of. Um, But he accepted uh, the notion of uh, citizens having rights. He embraced that, that there are natural rights that citizens have that are embodied in our Bill of Rights, rights of speech, of religion, uh, rights to protection in case of uh, criminal accusation. Uh, And he, he... was devoted to the cause. Um, you know, that's a shorthand that people in his generation used for both independence and self-government. Uh, and again, they used the word liberty that uh, it, it doesn't mean the same to us that it did to them. <clears throat> but he certainly did not believe in monarchy. He did not believe in absolutism. And one of the striking features of his career was his willingness to walk away from power. Uh, he, he worked hard to become powerful, to be commander in chief of the army and then to be president. Uh, but from both positions, he ultimately uh, left. He resigned as commander in chief and he uh, refused to run for a third term in office, even though he was urged to. And that, I think, in many ways, sort of was such a valuable model for us. You know, many revolutions that we've seen end up elevating the, the leader, um, and then you can't ever get rid of him. Uh, and, and Washington was eager to go, and I think it was a terrific uh, model uh, for American, uh, our American government. Was Washington familiar with the Hebrew Bible and did that influence his relationship to whether, the, whether it's the very, very small Jewish community or to other religions? He, he was very personal about his religious ideas. Um, He refers repeatedly in public statements to providence, the great power that is over us all. Um, He had a variety of euphemisms. He pretty much never used the word God, and he never spoke of Jesus. Um, His mother was very pious, uh, and she was the central parent. uh, His father died when he was 11 and seems to have been a rather distant parent uh, before then. So George had a a religious upbringing, 
And, you know, Protestant training in those days did involve uh, attention to the Hebrew Bible. I think he, he knew it. Uh, and there, there's, of course, the famous episode with the Newport congregation, uh, the Jewish congregation there, where um, he writes to reassure them of uh, their continuing liberty to exercise their religion as, see, as they see fit without any uh, hindrance from uh, the government. Uh, but you, you, you look long and hard for uh, specific references. Um, he does not um, use imagery from the Bible. He does not use, uh, uh, you know, uh, hearken back to Bible stories. Um, it, it, he, he, he was a secular figure. That visit to the Torah synagogue in, in Newport, how was that received by the general American public? Was it, you know, from the Jewish community's perspective and American Jewish history was extremely significant. It was giving the rubber stamp to separation, church and state, and freedom of religion. How was it viewed in any certain way by Americans at that time? Was it significant when he did that? I have not seen much evidence that it was it was terribly noted. Um, I think uh, religious leaders uh, of, of any denomination uh, saw it w and, and reacted with pleasure. Uh, the Jewish community here was not terribly uh, large, and so it was not controversial in that respect. Um, actually, the the conflicts we tended to have, and certainly in Virginia they did, were between the sort of prevailing Anglican uh, branch of Protestantism and what in Britain they call the dissenting sects, which are the Baptists and the Quakers and the Methodists. Um, and I think the dissenters certainly would have embraced uh, what the, Washington's message in that letter. Um, and he was clear um, in his career uh, that he had no uh, preference um, that, for, for any religious uh, congregation. He was an Anglican. He always uh, you know, served on his church vestry. But there's a wonderful episode in the, uh, I think it's the First Continental Congress when he's in Philadelphia and over a two-week period, he goes to a Roman Catholic mass, he goes to a Quaker meeting, and, you know, he's not a national figure at this point. It's, he's not sort of toting up to these people. I think he's curious. He wants to see what the fuss is about. And in Virginia, it would have been sort of controversial for him to do that. But in Philadelphia, you know, he, he, he can go. And uh, he was a curious man. Uh, and I, I think he very much had a, Im, embedded what we might call today a, a, a spirituality uh, and a belief in, in God and in an afterlife. Uh, but he, he was not in any way dogmatic and, and he, he shied away from uh, dogmatics. As you speak to, to especially young people, why should young people study the life of George Washington today? What's, I mean, 
not necessarily what's the message that you try to give, but how, how do you approach young people today who, you know, might not be so interested in history, don't really, you know, political correctness, all that stuff that, that goes on. What, what's the approach that you take with young people today in Washington? Again, that's a great question, which is not easy for me to answer. Uh, when I do his history lectures, the audience is skew old. Um, but uh, I think the most important uh, message, well, it's really a few, but you know, one is, yeah, you know, we have terrible problems today, but they had terrible problems then. So, you know, human life, maintaining social and political order and freedom, those are hard. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't come easy. Uh, the personal story of Washington, I think, is should resonate because he was able to uh, take control of his own life. Uh, he had some advantages, he had some disadvantages. He was not a guaranteed success in life. Um, and he set out to be that. And frankly, I'm not sure we've had anybody in American history who was a greater success. Uh, and I think that's, that is a model. Uh, you don't have to agree with every part of his life, and certainly no one agrees with his uh, engagement with slavery. But you can admire uh, his human qualities and his commitment to trying to do the right thing and to being part of his world and making a difference in his world, um, which he certainly did. Uh, we could go on and on, and uh, there was there's so much uh, in, in the book. It's, it's as the Wall Street Journal said, it is really very nuanced. It's very detailed. But uh, for now, we'll stop right here. And again, um, you can go on to Amazon, other sites, and it's just so easy to purchase and very worthwhile. And um, Stuart, thank you so much for your for your time today. We appreciate it very much. Thanks very much, Ari. I appreciate you giving me this chance to spread the gospel. <laughs>